0: talking about looking within without judgment how do you do that aren't you judging yourself all the time i've been judging myself big time since last night um when uh one of my dogs attacked the other and it was heartbreaking and i swore i would not get them close enough together for it to ever happen again but i did And this morning I was thinking, yes, I allowed circumstances to happen, but Izzy's the one who bit her, not me. And thank goodness, dogs have absolute forgiveness. Almost as soon as it's done. And so this is hard. I mean, this is just something that's going on in my life right now. It's hard because I want to judge myself, but what good does it do? Now what's that was in the past, now what do I do? I take very good care of Molly. I make absolutely certain that they're never ever in the same room again. And I go forward, because that's all we can do. And so when we start to look inside ourselves and see the truth, well, many of us just don't, because it's too scary. We don't want to see the stuff that's in there. Because what if it's bad? Because what if it hurts? Because what if it's a lot uglier than I think it is? And we talked about this some when we, a few weeks ago when we talked about the shadow and how to bring it into the light. But this I wanted to talk about just, um, just taking an inventory. How do you get to know someone? You spend time with them. You learn who they are. Think of your best friend right now. Anybody have like a best friend that's been through the wars with you? Were they perfect every moment of those years? No. No. Probably not. Nor were we. And yet they love us anyway and we love them anyway and that is called being human on planet Earth. Because until we go within and accept everything that's in here, we cannot go without and accept everything that's out there. And that is the only way this planet heals, y'all. That is the only way this planet heals, is we begin to love ourselves so fully that we cannot help but love others. And when we can see the absolute good, the love, the Christ shining in the eyes of every other, then maybe they can begin to see it in themselves. And then they are more courageous to look within and accept and heal. And this is how we bring peace to the planet. Peace will never happen by force. We kind of tend to think it will, but it won't. Peace will never happen by force. Peace will happen by everybody getting peaceful. (laughs) Right? And that seems like a big task. The good news is it's not your task to make everybody else peaceful. It's your task to make yourself peaceful. And I think if you look within for even a moment, you'll realize that that's a big enough task. (laughs) That is a big enough task. And so what I want to talk about today is not just looking in at the shadow and at the things that we're ashamed of and the things that we wish weren't true about ourselves or the regrets of things we've done, which is all in the past. We can't change the past, but we can change going forward. Not by using a flog to beat ourselves up with, but by choosing to do a new thing and then being diligent in whatever that new thing is. I want to share um, this quote, it's kind of a long quote, from Brene Brown in her book. I thought it was just me, but it wasn't. <laughs> we all know the struggle to feel comfortable with who we are in a society that puts so much emphasis on being perfect and on fitting in. We all know the painful wave of emotion that washes over us when we feel judged or ridiculed about the way we look, about our work, our parenting, how we spend our money, about our families, even the life experiences over which we had no control. And it's not always someone else putting us down or judging us. The most painful shaming experiences are often self-inflicted. I would even go a little bit further and say always self-inflicted because as Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, no one can insult you without your agreement. No one can insult you without your agreement. Feeling unworthy rarely has anything to do with our abilities, but has more to do with that fearful voice inside of us that says, who do you think you are? We put so much value on what other people think that we lose ourselves in the process of trying to meet everyone's expectations. Everyone's expectations. Can you meet everyone's expectations? No, it's not actually possible. So what if you decide on meeting your own, not expectations, but core values, living in integrity with your own values? And the only way to know if you are or if you are not is to look at what's there. The 12 steps call it taking an inventory. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says the only requirement... For people, no matter how far they've gone down the, past, the path of alcoholism or drug addi- addiction, the only requirement is that they have the capacity to be rigorously, rigorously honest with themselves. Do you have the capacity to be rigorously honest with yourself? Man, that's a tall order because there's stuff that we don't want to look at, but here's the deal. We tend to, when we look within, focus on the bad stuff. Oh, this is about the shame, this is about the shadow. No, you have to look at all the stuff, the good stuff, the God stuff, the God stuff. Are you kind? Do you come to help when someone calls? Do you love even people who are hard to love, sometimes at least? Do you take care of anybody in your life? Are you smart? Do you figure things out? Are you a good follower? Are you a helper? Are you a leader? And we all are all of these things at different times, and so we need to be aware of that stuff too, and that is not arrogance. It is arrogant of us to think that the God of our being is not up to the task, right? That is arrogance. True humility is knowing that it's all there and it's all okay. True humility is knowing that no one is above you and no one is below you. You don't have to be better than anyone else. You are not in a competition. You are not in a competition. How many of you thought you were in a competition? Our society would lead us to believe that. It would lead us to believe that. We're in a competition. We are not in a competition. The only competitor of you is you. The only competitor of you is you. Daniel Naimad has a song that's called, What If The Race Is Over? What if it's over and we've all already won? What will we do then? Because I'm telling you the race is over and you have all already won. Because we are one in God. We haven't realized that. We're not necessarily playing it out in our lives, but that is the truth. We are all one in God. Can you believe that even the tiniest bit? We are all one in God. Say that with me. We are all one in God. So when you look within Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, right? You don't have to attach emotion to all of that, right? It happened. It is. It was. It's just an inventory. What's there? What's on the shelves? What's on the shelves? That's all we're looking at. And if you were running a store, would you go back would, at inventory time, would you go back and say, oh, we're almost out of tomato soup. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, I just run out of tomato soup. They just go, okay, that's how much there is. We probably need to order some more, right? Or oh, order too much of that. It's going to be a while before we need that again. Imagine going into yourself and being a good enough friend to yourself to just go, what's here? I'm interested. I'm curious and I don't have to be afraid because I already love me and I will not allow anything that I find on these shelves to make me love myself less. Can you do that? Several of us were on a spiritual retreat last week. It was more retreat for some people than it was for me. Because um, I was working the whole time, but I was gifted with being able to to go to a lot of the classes, a lot of the workshops, and I was especially gifted to be able to see people from my own congregation facing their fears with courage, speaking up when being quiet was more comfortable and easier, saying yes when saying no, not me <laughs> would be way easier people stepping forward not because there was a competition but because they had a moment they took a moment they took some time out of time to spend with themselves to look at what was there and to say you know what I am worth more than this maybe I'm not doing too bad but guess what God is in me God is in me. The very Spirit of God flows through me. So who am I to play small? That famous quote from Marianne Williamson that lots of other people have quoted and gotten credit for, but who are you to not play big? Not who are you to play big, but who are you to play small? If the very Spirit of God lives in you, then what are you doing sitting in the back row with your eyes covered? Now, maybe not everybody is meant to be on stage. That's taking this metaphor a little further. That's not what it means. It means your very best self. And a lot of times what you are most afraid to do (laughs) is the thing you probably should do. And sometimes that means speak up when it's time to speak up. For someone like me, it might mean being quiet when it's time to be quiet. It's all different for each one of us because we're in different areas of our path. But the path itself is one. So there's no competition. There's just all of us doing the best we can. So how do you do this? How do you do this? Consciously controlling your reactions. Don't go, oh, that's bad. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's too scary to look at. Just lay it out. I have a friend who used to say, the way to do it is butt in chair, pen in hand. (laughs) Writing is very, very helpful for many, many people. Journaling. I find myself that if I haven't journaled in a long time, there's probably something in here I'm not wanting myself to know, so I'm just not taking the chance that it might come out through my hand. I start journaling and I realize, oh, oh, did I think, is that how I feel? Wow, it's helpful. Some people are not writers. You know, you can talk. Now you can talk to your computer and it'll type it out for you. You can talk to another person. You can talk to yourself. You can go out in nature and talk to a tree. You can talk to God. Imminent God within you and transcendent God everywhere. So much bigger than any of us. And yet, the truth of who we are. We get to do that. So the only way to begin is to begin, however it works for you to begin. But here's the thing, you got to start where you are, not from where you're pretending that you are. Because if you start from somewhere else besides the place that you are, there is no map that's going to get you where you're going. It's very important to know where that arrow is. You are here. Where am I? If you're angry, There's nothing wrong with being angry, be angry. But pretending you're not angry doesn't make you not angry. It makes your anger come out sideways. It makes your anger go within and eat you up as depression, as fear, as self-judgment. So if you're angry, you're angry, start there. I am angry. Man, when I did my first fourth step in Al-Anon, I am not an alcoholic myself, but everyone else (laughs) that I know is, practically everyone in my family is, and a couple of them are in recovery, most of them are not, but you know, when I first went to Al-Anon, I thought I was going to figure out how to fix them, and I learned that I had to look at me, and I was very angry at a lot of people, at a lot of circumstances in my life. I was very angry. And I had, and, and I would spent my life pretending, no, I'm not, I'm not angry. That hurt my feelings, oh, that hurt my feelings. But I'm not angry about it, no, no, no. Because nice girls don't get angry, Christian girls don't get angry, ladylike girls don't get angry. So I had to be okay with going, you know what? I don't have to live according to what someone else's idea of a Christian girl or a lady or a nice girl is. And I can even just be not nice if I want to because guess what? It's my own business. I try not to be not nice to others, but the anger that I held back was causing me to be not nice to others in underhanded and exhausting ways. It was causing me to not be nice to myself and exhausting and brutal ways. And so that's where I started. I'm angry. I'm angry at. I just started listing all the people I was angry at. I started with my dad, took almost a whole notebook. But guess what? I have zero residual anger at my dad. None. All the abuse, all the whatever, well before he died. I got it. I got that he was doing the best he could and that he wasn't given very good tools with which to do the best he could and that in some ways he did an amazing job in spite of that because look at me. I believe that I'm worthy of love. I did okay. I came out. I was angry at my mom for not saving me from my dad. I was angry at my husband, who very quickly became my ex-husband. I was still angry at him for a long time. But, you know, I got it all out. I am not angry. I am not angry. Even as I say these words, I feel myself forgiving myself for allowing my dog to get bitten. I know dog, maybe not a big deal, but to me it's a really big deal to the family member and I let her get hurt, and I didn't do it on purpose, and it's okay, it's okay. I don't have any anger at my mom anymore. I don't have any anger at my siblings anymore. I don't have any anger anymore at the bullies who bullied me, some of whom were in my own family and some of whom were in the schools that I moved to year after year after year after year, nine schools in 11 years. And I tell you what it feels like to not have anger, to not be holding on to anger. It feels like peace. But the only way I could get there was to admit my anger. And the only way I could stay there is to admit my anger day to day to moment to moment as I allow other things sometimes to knock me off kilter and make me angry. And it's okay. And if it's sadness, write your sadness. And if it's what you're afraid of, write what you're afraid of. Say what it is that you're afraid of. There is power in naming it then you have the power, you named it, it doesn't have the power sitting back there just working at you from behind the scenes like the Wizard of Oz, right? Take a look behind the curtain. And here, once you know where you are, here's a very important tool I'm going to give you. You might want to write this down. Cultivate the ability to say, Oops! oopsie daisy." I made a mistake. That didn't go as planned. Not, I'm the worst human on earth. (laughs) Oops, 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 right? Looking at yourself allows you, looking at all that there is can start to allow you to put things in perspective, to be able to say oops. And even if it's not an oops, even if it's a big thing, you can look at it and say, with absolute truth, I was doing the best that I could at the time that was with what, I, with what tools I had. And as Maya Angelou beautifully says, when we know better, we do better. The only way to know better is to look at it. And we can't do better until we know better. That's why we keep doing the same stuff over and over and over again. So we haven't really looked at it yet. Yes, I'm indicting myself here, I know. But what happens is we start to get some understanding of ourselves when we look at ourselves. And that immediately gives us understanding for everybody else. Because guess what? We are one, we're all the same, we're non-different. We are beautiful, individuated expressions with different talents and gifts that we are expressing in our individual lives at this moment, but at our core, we are all one, we are all the same. We are all love, looking to return to love because somehow we got off the path. doesn't even really matter how. So why do you want to understand so you know who to blame? Because that's what we do a lot of the times. That's what a lot of people in therapy do. I'm, I'm going to just, t- it's all, oh, it's my mom's fault. Oh, no wonder I'm this way. My dad did it too. Oh, no wonder I'm this way. My sister always, and, 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 okay, it's good. You got to look at it. You got to get it out. But not so you can find who to blame, so you can have some understanding. And the moment you have some understanding, of what it is that's motivating you, you can begin to understand that everybody has the stuff that's motivating them from underneath the surface. And when we get that understanding, we can do a couple of things. One, not blame, but take responsibility. Ah, I've been blaming my dad for that for a really long time, but I'm a grown up. I get to decide how I move on from here. So what tools do I need? I will start to gather them. What, what? I mean, it can be as simple as what system will help me? What person has wisdom to shine for me? What measure of accountability can I, can I give myself so that I can take responsibility if I truly see that I want and need to do something different? Not blame. responsibility what's my part what am i to do now what's next and it brings us to this place where we understand that we are one of many (laughs) and we don't like that place we want to be special and you are special just like everybody else (laughs) we're all special because we all have this unique Pool of gifts and talents and beauties and treasures that came together in this human incarnation. Right? You're unique, but you're not any more unique than anybody else. That's what it makes the beauty of you. And that's what makes the beauty of everybody else. And when we can start to do this, we start not comparing and ranking. The Buddhists say comparisons are odious. Comparison, what was that? Comparison is the thief of joy. Was that that quote? Comparison is the thief of joy. The moment you go, hey, I look pretty good today, and then you walk into someone who looks like they're stepped out of Vogue magazine, and you go, well, actually, I kind of look like, that's the thief of joy. Be in joy about who you are. It doesn't matter who anyone else is. Be in joy about who you are. Don't let the comparison that goes on in your own mind steal your joy, and definitely don't let the comparison of some other person out there who's suffering with all kinds of things they haven't faced be the one who steals your joy, no, my joy is not for sale, and it is, it, is, uh, it is secure. My joy is secure. I'm not letting anybody take it. It's not useful. It's not useful to compare yourself to anybody else. Abraham Lincoln said, the only person I compare myself to is the man I was yesterday. Am I making some progress? Have I taken a step? And if I haven't, I can have understanding and compassion for that, because that's the beauty. Once we start to know ourselves and really know what some of our hidden motivations are, then we can. We are not there, like I said, to blame ourselves. Take responsibility, yes, but always with compassion. Oh, look at that, Melinda. I know you've tried for so many years to pretend that wasn't on your shelf, and there it is. That's where that odor's been coming from all this time. (laughs) right that's why i'm still doing this thing because that's been on my shelf and i haven't looked at it yet okay i can have compassion for that that must have been really hard melinda for you to face but i'm here with you You know, I love the song that Richard McDesey wrote. You know, it is, it's the voice of your higher consciousness. It's your connection with God. It's that still small voice within talking to this one who's running around in the human world trying to make things happen. Right? My higher self. My connection with God can have absolute compassion for anything that my human self is doing, has done, is going through, will go through. But I have to give it consciously. Hey, that's hard. I get it. I love you anyway. Let's try to do better. How do we find some tools to do that? The good stuff. Your gifts, your talents, your purpose, your blessings. Count your blessings. I know I say this practically every week, but it is the thing. When you are taking your inventory, don't go in and look at all the bad stuff. Count your blessings. How blessed are we? You are here this morning. That means about a billion blessings came at just the right time to get you here. Right? Your car started. No one ran into you. You were able to take a shower or not, get your clothes on. You're wearing shoes because you have shoes. You left your house because you have a house. You came to your church community because you have a church community, right? All these blessings, and we start to count those as well, all of the things that we take for granted, even our ability to have compassion for ourselves because that gives us compassion for others all of our aptitudes, all of our tendencies, those are blessings, sometimes in disguise, sometimes not. I have a theory that everything that we think of as a um, a fault is really just a blessing that we've let get out of whack. Right? Perfectionism hurts us and everybody around us. Striving for excellence does not. As long as you understand that excellence has to vary from day to day, depending upon your energy level, the tools that you have at your disposal in the the moment, what's happening in the rest of the world on that day, it varies. There's no such thing as perfect. You are perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. And you are indeed perfection. We're in a process of remembering that together. Okay, so the past, we have to look at it so that we can go, bye-bye. Because the past has no, until after we uncover it, we don't have to let it have anything to do with us anymore except as a way to form a tool going forward in the, in the future. And that's bad stuff, good stuff too. You can't rest on your laurels. There are no laurels to rest on. That's what happened to the Jews when they escaped from Egypt and wandered in the wilderness, wilderness for 40 years. They got manna every day. I don't know what it is. It's some kind of food that sustained them. And even though they got it every single day and were sustained every single day, they kept going, I need some Tupperware because what if I don't get any tomorrow? i need to store this stuff up and it rotted every day. There are no laurels. Manna only comes today. Today and today and today and today. And once we let go of that, once we stop trying to rest on laurels, well, I've always been a good person, so it's kind of okay that I'm doing this kind of ratty thing now that I know that I'm kind of ashamed of and I'll have to deal with later, but I'm not looking at it. Familiar to anyone? (laughs) but I've always been so good and kind. Um, or, no wonder, you know, this stuff happened to me, and no wonder, I, you know, of course I'm this way. What other way could I be? Once we let go of that, then we become present to what is. Then we get the manna for today. Then we notice the blessings all around us. I'm standing up. That means I have legs. It means I have feet. It means I have a circulatory system. It means a lot of things, and all of them are blessings. So I become present to what is, not to the stuff I made up about what is. Because we're making up stories about what is all the time, right? What if I was able to just let go of those stories and just be present to what is in this moment? in this moment, and in this moment, and in this moment, and in this moment, because all of our worry, all of our fear is about something that happened or something that we think is gonna happen. In this moment, and this moment, and this moment, we're okay. And then it is okay to look at the future to say what's next for me, because we want to gather our tools. We want to learn from what didn't work, as well as from what did work. We want to gather those tools so that we step forward more confident in the truth of who we are. I have learned that I can forgive almost anything. And that's awesome, because that means I get to love people without impediment. If I am not forgiving, I am holding myself back from that love flowing through me. Because guess what? You don't get to just love somebody else. All love, I believe this with all my heart, all love is God's love flowing through you now. So if you are not able to let God's love flow, you're not getting it either. Right? You got to give it and pass it on. And remember that it is all about the journey There is no destination on planet Earth. There will be days that are better than other days. But why focus on that? Comparisons are odious. Let's look at what I have today and do the best I can with what I have and learn to love the process. The process of who I am, the process of where I'm going, the process of my relationship with love, with God, with all that is. Thank you.